Well, hey guys, welcome to the show. This is your host, Hunter McWaters. I'm glad to be with you guys, as always, and I hope you guys are having a great season so far. It's super exciting. It's finally that time of the year. You know, we prep and plan and talk and dream and scheme all year, and it's finally here. You know, whether you're just heading out on the family farm or out your back door or, you know, you got a great adventure planned, you know, hope you guys are just enjoying it, soaking it all in, and just uh, having fun. Um, you know, I was actually having a quiet time the other morning, and um, I was reading the verse where Paul's talking about suffering, uh, producing perseverance, perseverance, which produces character, and which produces confidence. And, um, you know, I, I do think it's good to relate these Bible verses and stuff to our everyday, you know, struggles and stuff like that. Um, but we also got to remember context. And I remember just myself in the past having, um, you know, kind of turned to that verse, um, w- like with relating to hunting, like, you know, the suffering that we may be going through climbing a hill or, you know, fighting, you know, other hunters or whatever on public ground and stuff like that. And it just hit me like... Um, the apostle Paul in that verse is talking about the early church suffering and dying for their faith and being beaten and tortured and executed. Um, when we're out hunting, no matter how tough it is or how many other guys are out there, like we're there for fun. And I'm not projecting this on you guys. I I'm saying it was a learning moment for me. Maybe somebody can relate, but, um, you know, especially with this, with one of my hunts coming up this year, it's a um, probably a high pressure type hunt. You know, um, easy to get tag, and and I kind of had been a little bit worried about it, and I just I just had this moment like, what am I worried about? Like, this is a blessing. This is awesome that I get to do this. Like, um, just chill out, enjoy it. Like, realize that even when things get hard, quote unquote hard, like. Um, this is uh, an enjoyable experience that I'm doing voluntarily because I love it. (laughs) It's not really suffering and yeah, stuff can get hard out there. And I'm not saying you shouldn't, you know, lean on your faith and sometimes you need to out there, but just remember that it's, it's a, it's a fun privilege to be out there and enjoy creation, even when it seems rough. And I even like, you know, decided I'm not even going to call, um, you know, other hunters, I'm not even going to use the word pressure anymore. I'm going to change my whole vocabulary there. I'm not going to call it pressure. I'm going to say, uh, there's a lot of fellow hunters out there, or I got lots of friends in the field. Cause at the end of the day, like we're all on the same team. Like it's not pressure. It's other guys just like you who want to get out and enjoy public land. And we shouldn't look at them as enemies. They're fellow hunters. So Anyway, I just felt like that was something I should share with you guys. Um, I hope you guys can maybe get something out of that. Um, but anyway, uh, on that note, you know, this week um, I'm having a guest um, who's a really cool guy. His name is Justin Gibbons. He runs a YouTube channel um, and also really a ministry called Limitless Outdoors. You may have seen him on Instagram or YouTube. They got tons of really cool Alaska content, tons of really cool uh, moose hunts. I know they just got back from a successful moose hunt recently. So um, Justin is an awesome guy. He he didn't grow up as a Christian. He has a kind of a testimony. Um, But we talk about all kinds of stuff, um, you know, Alaska and Limitless Outdoors and just really connected. So it's a cool conversation. I hope you guys enjoy it. hope you guys are, again, having a great, fun, safe hunting season. And I hope you enjoy this podcast and we will see you on the next one. 
Alright, so I'm here. Welcome, guys. This is your host, Hunter, and I'm here with my guest today, who's Justin Gibbons from Limitless Outdoors. How you doing, brother? Doing well. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, man. I know you guys are super busy gearing up for the season, so I appreciate oh, you man. taking time to uh, to get with me, and I'm, I'm in the same boat, man. You guys are heading up to Alaska this year again, right? Yeah, we take off in about a week here. We fly out, well, next Wednesday. Yeah, so we're ready to go. Okay, so what uh, what, what what hunt are you doing up there? Uh, we're doing moose, and then I always pack a black bear tag, but yeah, don't seem to connect with many black bears where we hunt. <laughs> nice man, yeah. I, uh, um, I I'm from Virginia. My first ever western hunt though was in um, East Central Alaska, and so I've always just had a thing for Alaska, man. There's just nothing like it. Yeah, it's definitely life changing. I uh, I've been up there since my dad used to work on uh, boats. He'd do like rebuild engines, stuff like that. And so, oh, nice. Um, I've been up there since I was ten, off okay. and on, working with him. And so, yeah, that place is just amazing. Yeah, there's just nothing like it, man. Um, so yeah, maybe we can get a little more into that and stuff later. Um, I do want to hear, and just for folks that um may not have heard of you guys um but, but you guys have been putting out content for years now f- five six seven years yeah yeah we started well i mean i started videoing in 2010 and then we started putting stuff on youtube in about 16 i think okay we cool did before that yeah nice so yeah just tell people about like yourself a little bit about your background and what you guys do and and um and limitless outdoors as well yeah, so I mean, I'm pretty similar to just about everybody else. I mean, with a serious passion for hunting, right? I grew up in a I grew up in a non-hunting family. Um, and you're you're from dad, the southeast, correct? No, I'm from Idaho. Okay, but your dad is from South Carolina. Yeah, my dad's from South Carolina. Okay, cool. Yeah. So yeah, I was born in Florida, and then ended up in Idaho by the time I was five. But um, my mom is my mom is just shy of being an anti-hunter. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, my dad hunted a little bit. So, like, I spent a lot of time, you know, shooting little birds and stuff like that growing up. Of course. Um, Red Rider BB gun? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. That was my weapon of choice. Yeah, and then I had a pellet gun. That that was a major upgrade. (laughs) But, yeah, no, I mean, uh, always loved being outdoors, always loved hunting, and uh, really enjoyed getting video of it. I mean, I remember back when there was the big old, camcorders with the the tapes my brother and oh, i yeah. we would take that up in the mountains and try and make videos when we were little kids <laughs> uh so it was always kind of a passion of mine making video and uh, just kind of transitioned to getting the hunts on video and we started doing a i mean we started capturing them and uh, it just kind of took off from there it's hard to necessarily pinpoint like when it really took off right but yeah that's how it all kind of came together yeah, man. So what is like, we were talking a little bit off air, um, before we're both, you know, both Christian guys and, um, you know, a little bit different approach to it, but not Christianity, but to, to our content and how we produce it. But, um, what's like the vision behind, cause I mean, you know, a lot of guys film hunts. Um, you guys, I think have a specific kind of voice and a in a mission and a vo- and a vision like what's the what's the driving force and the vision behind limitless outdoors yeah so our vision is to reach hunters outdoorsmen with the gospel of jesus uh and then obviously and then to connect them um to obviously jesus the church and the discipleship relationship um 
you know, God radically changed my life back in 2013. I had never been to a church before nothing. And so, okay. uh, and I was just chasing everything. I was chasing everything, just trying to find satisfaction in life. And the reality was like, honestly, we were doing really well. We were making almost $300,000 a year at the time. Um, and like, I'd be in Alaska hunting grizzly bears and just like, it wasn't cutting it for me anymore. I needed to find something else to do. Right. And so I have this, this, this come to Jesus moment in my life. And we went from making $300,000 a year down to, I was an intern in a church. I became an intern in a church at that point. Uh, and I was making $18,000 a year. And <laughs> it was just this radical, it was this radical difference, but here was the, here was the deal Hunter is that like, I was never happy when I was making all that money. I always thought money was going to make me happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was never happy with it. Like there was never enough. And so, but when we were making $18,000 a year, like, just honestly, just totally satisfied, like the God healed our marriage and everything else. And so I say all that because it was a ra- it was this radical change. And when you experience a change like that, and when you experience satisfaction and fulfillment uh, in Christ, like you want other people to know about it. And sure. I spent a lot of time, you know, I didn't know what to do with our videos because we'd been making videos that whole time. Um, and so I kind of took a pause from hunting for a little while because I believe that everything we do can glorify God. And I just didn't know how to approach it really. Um, and for everybody, it's different. Like God gives us all different missions and approaches mm-hmm. to things. Um, and for us, it was just a bold and unapologetic approach to it because uh, there's a reality that the gospel Romans says that the gospel is the power of God to salvation. Mm-hmm. Um, and you probably heard it said like preach the gospel and when necessary use words but really the gospel has to be communicated. How will they, how will yeah. they believe they don't hear, you know, and how do we, faith comes by hearing and that by the word of God, Romans 10, 17. Um, and so I think God has us as people that are specifically laying out clearly the gospel for people so that they can understand it um, and believe and receive the salvation of Jesus. And so that's, that's been our approach. Um, and it's been incredible, man. We see every year we see thousands of people uh, commit their life to the Lord. Uh, we wrote a resource. If you ever watch any of our videos, you hear me talk about the first mile. Uh, we wrote a resource and we send it out to everybody absolutely free. I mean, we pay for awesome. all the shipping and everything just to get people figuring out who Jesus is. Because a lot of people have had a bad relationship with Christians or mm-hmm. with the church. Oh, yeah. or something and don't want anything to do with it right yeah. and um or they got hurt by the church and they can't draw that line between god and the church which is man totally <laughs> totally and you know really the core of our vision early on um was we wanted people to see when when i looked at christians before i was a christian they were some of the weakest people on planet earth i mean these guys were pansies and they didn't do anything cool <laughs> but when you read the bible you see a different account. The men and women of God were radical, man. They were just like, they were admirable people. And um, what we want people to see through our videos is that following Jesus is just as wild as the places we hunt. So like that's it. God has a serious, awesome life for us. If we follow him. Yeah, man. So, okay. I want to dig a little bit deeper here um, into your testimony because you know, I didn't know like if you were born a preacher or if you like me went through uh, some rough stuff. So let me hear a little bit about like your past and 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 your conversion and your testimony, man. Yeah. So I uh, 
you know, I grew up, my parents, I mean, we weren't like living in the ghetto poor, but I wore $8 Walmart jeans, you know? <laughs> and um, that was a hard thing going through middle school. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, my parents lost everything and got divorced uh, when I was about 16 years old. And I swore that I was going to have a better life. And I just knew that it was all, it all revolved around money because they didn't have money. So I knew if I had some money, I'd be good. Um, and I kind of shared with you, we were making $300,000 a year. And like, I always thought if I made $100,000 a year, I was going to be making some serious money, you know, I'd be able mm -hmm. to do everything. But then when we got there, it was like $100,000 a year doesn't go very far when you want to go and do all these different things. It does, but it doesn't. Right. And so I was unsatisfied with that. So we started working harder and we needed to make $200,000 a year and then $300,000 a year. And like, none of that was working out. And then on top of that, uh, my wife, like, I, you know, I love my wife to death, but there, at that point I was, I was looking to other women um, because when you get in that, when you get in that role of nothing's bringing you satisfaction, you're just trying to, trying to grab a hold of anything you can. Mm -hmm. And um, I end up, I was making DVDs at the time and this pastor asks me if I would sell him a DVD and obviously I'd do anything for money. Right. But he wanted me to drop it off at the church that he was at. And this church for a little backstory, this church was planted by Californians and we live in this little, this little town. And like, I love Californians, but we don't like Californians as a whole. Where we're from. <laughs> I, I, know, I get you saying. Yeah. Yeah. And so I already had a big bias. I, I'm only saying that because I had this big bias at the time. Right. It. The so, land of fruits and nuts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, yeah. So I go into this church and I didn't like churches at all. I just felt like a hospital or something to me. I don't know. I just felt weird. Did you have and a bad experience with church growing up or you just weren't exposed to no, it? Or No, it was just weird to me. I, I don't know. You know, I'd had very little exposure to it at all. Yeah. Uh, and so they lead me back to this pastor's office and I, I kid you not, I go in his office and he's not, they, there's no, he doesn't have a chair. He's sitting on a bouncy ball with gray spiked <laughs> hair. And I'm just like, who is this fruitcake? Anyway. That's um, funny. I end up He was on a fitness orb. Have you seen Dwight? Have you seen The Office no. before? No. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Dwight, yeah. there's one episode where Dwight's like sitting on one of those balls. He's like, this is a fitness orb. <laughs> totally. Yeah, that was basically what was going on. Dude, yeah. that. So we go to walk out. He walks me out to my pickup and he asks me this question. This is 2013. He says, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And I was like, oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, well, what does that look like to you? And I'm like, well, I mean, you know, I pray when I'm out hunting and I'm an American. And <laughs> Like, you know, I was always praying. I was like, Lord, if you just show me one big buck, that's all I need today. Right. Um, probably the only so, time you prayed all year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but they were <laughs> holy prayers. They were really fervent, too. And uh, the thing was, though, and so then he's like, okay, okay. Well, he hands me a CD from a men's breakfast. And, um, and I get in the truck, and he's, like, sitting there waving at me goodbye. And I'm like, what in the heck did I just do? Why did I lie to that guy? And I'm sitting there, I'm like, man, he's a pastor and he knows God. And I just lied to him. And all of a sudden I realized what I was saying. Like it was kind of one of those epiphany moments, right? That you're just like, I realized what I was saying. I was like, wait a second. I just, I just admitted that this guy knows Jesus. I just admitted that God is real, that somebody knows him 
And I just admitted that I don't. Mm. And like, you have to, at that point, I just came to this realization. Like if I'm acknowledging that God is real and that somebody can know him and there's others that don't, like I'm wise enough to know that that's probably a pretty big issue. That's all I knew at the moment. Right. Right. And so I put the CD in. I was going to look for elk sheds that day. And I put the CD in and I'm listening and he's preaching out of Genesis three when Adam and Eve fall. Hmm. Um, and really the context of Adam and Eve falling was Satan had pitched to them that there was an experience that was going to bring them more satisfaction than God ever could. That was the pitch. And that's really the pitch that Satan gives everybody uh, is that you're going to find more satisfaction outside of God than you will with God. Hmm. And then we pursue it. That's the essence of sin. And so I end up, I end up, listening to this and he gets to the part where God is calling out to Adam and he asks, where are you? God says to Adam, where are you? And man, I just hit the pause button. This is back when CDs were a thing. And I hit the pause button and I got out of the truck and I start hiking up the hill. And I'm just, I just keep asking myself this question. Where are you? Where are you? It was like, and I'd never read the Bible before. And you know, like the right answer to when God starts asking, where are you is here I am. Like, but I didn't yeah. know that. And so I'm walking up the mountain. I'm looking like a crazy person. I'm like, where am I? I'm like right next to this tree. And then finally, I just like, here I am. And so I walk down off the mountain. I go home. I tell my wife, I was like, we're Christians now. And we're going to start going to church. <laughs> <laughs> just nice. like, okay. um, and man, it was radical. Like, it I was- mean, did you, so like, it was, it was just that it was like, here I am. Like, because that's something interesting. I've been thinking about a little bit lately is like, um, a lot of Christianity has like boiled it all down. Like, oh, you got to say this salvation prayer and like check this box, which that's not real. I don't really see that in the Bible. It's more about like turning your life over, you know, repenting, turning, uh, making Jesus the Lord of your life. So was it kind of more like that? Yeah, that's the deal. I mean, the reality is, is it's not that it's not in the Bible, but like everybody has said it in their own way because first uh, Samuel 16 says that man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Like mm. I think with good intentions, we all want people to say the prayer. So we know that they're saved because like we know what's at stake. Right. Yeah. But the reality is, is God's looking at the heart and the guy that's on the side of a mountain and God's talking to him and God's asking him to follow him. And that, that's what it means when you talk about God being the Lord of your life. It means the leader, right? Like yeah. instead of trying to figure it out and go your own way, like God's leading the way for you and you're just chasing after him. And I always equate it to um, hunting mule deer. Like I love getting on a, I love getting on a good big mule deer track in the snow. And instead of just going wherever you want to go, now you're on that track and you're chasing after that thing. And it takes you into places and holes that you never, ever would have gone before. Mm. And you see all sorts of cool stuff. And at the end of that track is the prize. And that's what it's like when we're chasing after Jesus, right? Like we're, we're tracking him down and instead of just going wherever we want to, like God's got a way better place for us when we follow him. Uh, he just does. And so, yeah, yeah I don't think when it comes to this whole standardized, you got to do this, this, and this, um, I don't think that's the case at all. It's the heart responding to the Lord. For Absolutely. Sure. So, so you come home to your wife and you tell her we're Christians now. What, what happened? What was that like? <laughs> uh, you know, the thing, the thing is, is that she's always, uh, she's always just followed. She's followed me. My, my wife is so strong and so independent. Um, but she is just, she is the most faithful, awesome woman ever. And she's yeah. like, okay, we'll, we'll go. You know, she didn't put up a fight about it. Uh, she didn't well, really you, know. You had mentioned about like looking towards other women or whatever. And yeah. I don't know how far down that road you went. 
you know, me, um, I, I never was unfaithful to my wife, but I had a very serious drug problem that I hid from her for a long time. Um, and so, you know, when you do that kind of damage in a relationship, um, you know, you know, talk is cheap. You can say, oh, okay, you know, for me, from my perspective, anyway, I'd be like, okay, yeah, I'm going to be a good husband. I'm going to be a good man now. And she's like, okay, cool. Don't care. Like, let me see it consistently for a long time. Um, so that, that's been my, my road is just having to build that through just consistently walking with God for years to build that back. Um, was there, did you have to kind of deal with, with some of that? Or uh, like, where what was the status yeah, of your relationship you know, uh, yeah, at that I point? Talk to, I talked to a lot of guys about this stuff. Um, when you're unfaithful, whether that's your wife finds out that you've been watching porn, like that's a big deal for women. Yeah. Um, whether you've been cheating on them with a, another woman, or even just like honestly, emotional affairs. And I just want to say right now for the guys listening, I just feel like I need to say this because society is like has, and I even bought into this lie like has baked into most modern guys that like watching porn is normal and it's not, it's not good for you and it's not normal. So I'm just, I just had to say that, but anyway, keep yeah, continuing. No, it's, dude, it's just so damaging. You know, when I was, when I was in high school, I asked guys like, how do I figure out how to have sex? And like, just go watch porn. Um, that <laughs> was the worst. answer, but it's destructive. But here, here's the deal. It's like a guy once told me I got into trouble in business years ago. And a guy told me, he said, it took you seven years to get into this mess in business. It's going to take you some time to get back out of it. Like yeah. we want instant gratification. We want instant turnaround. We want to just say sorry and everything goes back to normal. But the right. reality is like, even though we're commanded to forgive in the Bible and everything else, the reality is, is that damage, those are scars, man. Mm-hmm. And they take time to heal from. And so for me and my wife, it was no different. I mean, honestly, uh, so I, I did, I had an affair on my wife and, um, like my wife was so gracious, so forgiving, but so hurt. Right. And to this day, if that, if that woman's name comes up for any reason, like it's not, you know, you can see her, you can see her just, oh yeah, face, you know? And so yeah, it's, it's a long battle, but you got to prove through consistency and faithfulness. I mean, even with our salvation, we're called to work our salvation out with fear and trembling and to persevere to the end, meaning like we're just continually pressing into it. And so there is a standard in which like, you've got to, you got to keep working at it. Mm-hmm. And, um, I would do my only advice to anybody would be just do not violate that trust again. Yeah. I'll do that, man. So you had this moment on the mountain and then how did your life change after that? So it was radical. Um, I started going to church every opportunity I could, you know, I went to a really good Bible teaching church and I would say this, I've, you know, I've spoken at a lot of churches and I've been around a lot of churches since then. Um, and there are not as many good Bible teaching churches as there are terrible churches out there. Um, yeah, for sure. I'm not trying to, I'm not, the only reason I say that is because I know a lot of guys that have had experience where it's just a dead religion. They go to church and it's just like, I got to sit through this 45 minutes or hour of junk man, when you sit under good, where the Bible is coming alive, because the Bible is alive, it's living, it's powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, and good Bible teaching, man, that keeps you on the edge of your seat, and it applies to your life. Um, If you haven't been in a church like that, and you're kicking church off to the side thinking it's boring, uh, you're missing out, because I sat, when I came to the Lord, I sat under some of the best teaching 
um, I've ever been under. And it just radically changed my life. I was so hungry for it. I just wanted to know what God had for me. Um, and yeah, that was the, that was the deal there. And so we radically committed and, um, ended up selling our business. And as we sold it, the deal kind of fell apart. Everything went into the, just kind of ran into the ground and we never got any money for it. And so that's where we ended up going down to $18,000 a year. I got an internship in the church and started preaching after about a year and a half, two years, just like men's groups, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Went through a bunch of uh, pastoral training and like church leadership training, bunch of different stuff. And um, ended up after four years, I took over as teaching a vision pastor at the church Mm. where I was safe. So yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty radical. And so still, still teaching pastor to this day, we actually just planted a church last year. Nice. moved away from that church and planted a new church last year called limitless church. And we're running a couple hundred people already. It's pretty, pretty incredible. That's a pretty quick, um, like to go from like an intern at a church to like the pastor in four years. That's pretty, (laughs) that's pretty quick. Cause when, you know, I, I, and I left CBN to go into the church. I mean, I ran into a lot of, I mean, hesitancy, even to hire me just because I didn't have a, like a de- degree or something in, you yeah. know, in Bible school. So that's a pretty quick little it, transformation there. Yeah. There's no doubt. It was, it was quick for sure. I think the thing that always grounded me and how fast it moved, um, was looking at like Peter and all the disciples, you know, three years mm-hmm. with Jesus, and then they were entrusted to build the church. Oh yeah, I mean Jesus ordained them to go out and cast out demons, cleanse lepers, raise the dead, etc. Just like yeah. boom, go. And I think that is actually a big problem in the church is that guys like you or myself get saved and you're like, bam, you're full of Holy Spirit and you're ready to go out and just start. And then you get these religious guys who I'm being nice, but Yeah. Anyway, they they like no no you got to calm down you got to learn you got to and it's all garbage no Mm-mm. like go <laughs> go now that's that's what I think it is it is garbage is exactly what it is because I mean that's we want the, the thing with men the thing with man is is that we want control over everything mm-hmm. uh, we want to know how God's going to move when He's going to move where He's going to move and we want to be the final say on that. And some of it comes from good intentions, but the fruit of it is it just destroys people. And there's nothing better than when God gets a hold of somebody. Like, you got to be careful with them. You don't want them to get puffed up. You know, we have scripture on that in First Timothy three. Um, we don't want them to get destroyed. But man, you got to let guys. You got to let guys run. That yeah. Passion I mean, you don't want to like say, "Hey, oh, you just got saved. Um, here, yeah, you can run this church or like whatever." But you can say, "Hey, you want to go witness to people on the street? Yeah, go for it." Totally. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's a whole process of vetting and stuff like that, but, um, and proven character, but how long does that take? I don't know. You know, I think everybody is a little different with me. I was always surrounded by some really awesome, awesome guys, um, had a lot of accountability. And so, and I allowed them to speak into my life, you know, a lot. And so it was a, it was fast for sure. It was on the early, it was the earliest it could have happened. I would say. Yeah. Like, and then since then, I mean, I got the snot beat out of me in ministry. And it's you tough. learn a lot. Like, I'm a totally different guy six years down the road than I was mm-hmm. in those first four years. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, did you have to, so your transformation, you know, was pretty quick and, you know, um, 
you know, I believe that once you kind of turn your life over to Jesus, like your spirit is reborn, right? It's made new. It's made perfect in Christ. You know, you're reborn the righteousness of God in Christ. But as we kind of alluded to earlier, you still may carry some scars of some of the previous damage you've done. Uh, things that, you know, your spirit is is cleansed and new, but like your soul and your body might still be having one foot back in some of that old stuff or still have some of that scar tissue to work through. Did you have to really uh, work through any of that kind of stuff? Yeah, I think it's an ongoing process. You know, there's some things that are just taken away from you quick. Like, so I used to watch porn all the time and that was one of the things that the Lord took away from me quick was watching it. But dude, I still got you still got all the memories of it, right? It's still, sure. it's still in there in your mind. And I, I mean, I don't know. Addiction is addiction. It doesn't really matter what it could be addiction to hunting. I mean, yeah. anything you're just like, you're just all in for, and it doesn't matter how much damage it does to you or anybody else. You're going to make, you're mm-hmm. going to do it. That's an addiction. And I yeah. see that with hunting with guys too. Um, but anything that, anything that you're willing to sacrifice everything else for to do is going to cause damage uh, to relationships and to you personally. Um, yeah, and I've so, even heard like yeah. physiologically, um, something about the process of when you watch porn, it can like literally be burned onto your memory, like never going away. And I, I do, I mean, I, I remember images that I saw as a young, young man that are like still just there. Oh like, yeah. I mean, that is like photographic memory stuff there. Yeah. It's just the is. Yeah. And it's, it's scarring, damaging, um, there's some awesome books out there that deal with how to, how to kind of work through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like clean is a really good one. I don't remember the author of it off the top of my head, but the book clean is awesome. He did, he has some real techniques like, because a lot of guys, I mean, I mean, to be straight honest, like you watch porn and you're, dude, you feel like garbage afterwards. I did anyway. I mean, that's yeah. my own personal experience, especially if you're a married guy. Like when I was, before I was married, it wasn't a big deal. But like after I was married, it was a, it was a big deal. And I felt like garbage afterwards. And then you end up going back to it. And that's an addiction when you feel like garbage, when you feel used up after something or like total junk and you still go back to it. That's an addiction. And anything here, here's what uh, the guy in clean says is that Satan wants to destroy you and your effectiveness um, in, in life. And the reality is, is when you look at the destruction, Jesus says that the thief only comes to rob, kill, and destroy. Satan only comes to rob, kill, and destroy. And so when we look at porn in our marriage, like porn is never going to make your marriage better. That's a guarantee. Like it's not making marriage better. It's destroying it from everything that it could be. Like nobody wants to go home and have your wife give you the cold shoulder or not even want to touch you or be disgusted with you. Like that is not a thriving and abundant marriage. And right. so we see right. the truth of that. Like whenever we pursue these other things, like it's doing nothing but destroying you. And so my, my only thing to men would be like, porn is not making your life better. It's destroying your life. And you need to kill the thing that's killing you. Mm. Be killing sin or it will, sin will be killing you. Yeah. It's like a stinking grizzly bear, man. Like you don't mess around with that thing. You gotta, right. you gotta kill it if it's coming at you. Yeah. And what makes it really dangerous is it's like not as obvious as a grizzly bear, but it sneaks in. Um, but anyway, man, um, so you mentioned, you know, I do want to kind of shift things a little bit into kind of the outdoors and, and, um, but still within like, you know, 
the context of your relationship with God and stuff, um, you know, why do you think, um, or you mentioned some things I want to unpack there. So, um, do you think that your, like when you, when that transformation happened and you became a Christian or whatever, like you turned your life around, do you think that impacted your effectiveness, um, actually in the outdoors? Um, like in what sense, like how good of a hunter I was? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of like going, yeah, I guess. I mean, like for me, you know, my story is a little different, but you know, I was, I was wrapped up into addiction and I was like overweight. And, um, because of that, like, um, I had this like desire for adventure and like it was baked into me, but I, you know, heart, uh, dream deferred makes the heart sick, but I knew like I couldn't do it because I was literally physically addicted to a substance and I was overweight. Yeah. And so that made me even more depressed. So then I would just use more. Um, so it was like a vicious cycle. Um, but then, you know, once I was able to get help and get clean and, and turn my life around, then it just kept opening doors to like possibilities of like, you know, you talked about before, like this abundant life. Um, so, and it goes into like, um, that whole question of like, why, or like, how does, how does the outdoors make our lives more abundant? You know? Totally. I think. I think if mostly you're having a perspective shift. Um, so in second Timothy four, the apostle Paul talks, uh, about how he's run the race. He's fought the good fight. You know, he's finished, he's finished everything. Um, and finally there's this crown laid up for him. Um, and he says, not only am I going to get it, but all those who love Jesus is appearing. The word for appearing there is epiphany in the Greek. Mm. Um, and so there's this moment because it really is an epiphany. Uh, it's where we get the word epiphany for it. In other words, like something has been there the whole time and all of a sudden your perspective shifts. It's like one of those pictures where you're supposed to stare at it for a long time, like look at it and then you'll see something else that's actually there. Yeah. And that's the way life really is. Like we're staring at this world and all the creation where as hunters, man, we're up, we love the mountains. We're just drawn to them. Right. And we get up there and it's like, if you stare at it long enough, all of a sudden it clicks that God is the maker of all of this. And mm. so when you have that epiphany, it actually becomes more beautiful. Like, and, and the animals even become more sacred. Like, to be honest with you, I was a cold blooded killing machine before <laughs> Jesus. And then all of a sudden I realized like these animals were also created by God. And like all of this was, and it gave me a bit of reverence actually for the whole process. Mm. Um, and so, I mean, I wouldn't say that I just became this like, I didn't get some kind of serious spiritual gift of hunting. Um, but my but understanding I would, what I was, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry to interrupt you. I was just saying like, I would argue that, you know, having that reverence uh, and respect for the animal makes you a better hunter. Now you may have killed more oh, stuff yeah. before, but like that doesn't necessarily make you a good hunter. Like in my, you know, I'll be honest when I was in my previous life, like, you know, I would, not always follow every law to the T I'll just put it that way. So, um, you know, I think, I think having that reverence and that respect does make you a better hunter. Well, because it comes down to 
it, the Bible's so awesome just because it helps us to understand the things that we've always engaged. Uh, but from the beginning, man was supposed to be a steward mm. of all this stuff. And when you start seeing all, when all this starts clicking into place, you just, I don't know. Yeah. You get, you become that steward and you become respectful. And then there's another principle that comes in when this happens. Uh, a lot of people call it the Matthew principle, uh, but it's to whom has been faithful with little more will be given to him. Yeah, 100%. Uh, and as you start to become a good steward of the animals and as you start representing the Lord, how, whatever capacity that is for you, um, he gives you more opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for me with hunting, that's what's happened, right? Like we truly, I see what we, when we're hunting, I truly believe we're working for the Lord. Um, like my, my goal is not to kill an animal so much as it is to get an animal on video so that we can preach the gospel. Uh, and so in that I take, I take it very seriously. And there's been so many times that we should not have been successful. Um, and the Lord just pulls it out, man. (laughs) Do you, do you have like something prepared that you want to say after you make that kill? Or do you just like listen to the spirit and just go for it? I just go for it. You know, one of the things though, is like, I'm always, I'm always in the word. I'm, um, I'm reading every day or if I don't have my Bible with me on a day that we're out in the mountains, um, I have a lot of stuff memorized, uh, meditating on God's law day and night, you know, uh, it's just something that I I do. And so when you're kind of always thinking about the Lord and thinking through the word of God, uh, a lot of that stuff just flows pretty natural. For sure. So that, that's actually a good question I wanted to ask you about. Um, you know, a lot of times I've, a lot of guys I've found, um, are curious or would like to grow spiritually or connect with God or whatever. And, and I had this journey personally, um, where you hear things like, Oh, you know, I had, you know, great time with the Lord or, you know, I'm growing. And it's just like, but a lot of times people use these, like this, like flowery kind of language. It's not very practical. You don't know what they're talking about. Um, and so I went through this journey of like really trying to figure out like how, how do you actually like grow spiritually? And I actually found like, just like physical fitness, like with some discipline and consistency, um, you can grow. And, and a lot of the like laws of physical growth also translate into the spirit realm as well. Um, and so I'm, I'm, and you know, there's, you know, just, just like in physical fitness, there's ups and downs and, you know, sometimes, you know, you feel really close with God. Sometimes you feel like not as much, but you just kind of keep doing it anyway. Um, and I know there's different schools of thought on this, but like what, so I've weaved, you know, um, time with God, like into my day, like daily. Um, but I'm curious, like, how do you in your day to day life stay close to God? And then, is that something you carry with you and also do like on hunting trips or is it a little more free form or what's that look like? Yeah. So, I mean, Paul the apostle Paul in first Timothy, I think it's four says that exercise, physical exercise profits a little bit. Godliness is profitable for all things. Um, and so the discipline is a huge, is a huge deal, but it's not like discipline for the sake of, being disciplined, like I'm going to do this and then God is going to bless me because of it. That's transactional. Right. Yeah. And you can bleed into legalism really easily there. Yeah. It goes right into legalism. Real, like 
the reason he's blessed is because he reads his Bible two hours every day. For sure. Um, it comes out of desire. So Matthew 16 says, anyone who desire, Jesus says, anyone who desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Um, and we always talk about the denying and taking up the cross and like all these other things, but it stems from desire. Mm-hmm. Uh, Psalm 37.4 is delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. And so uh, there's this, there's this reality that the discipline has to come out of desire. And so like, I think that that all comes down to seeing Jesus clearly. And as hunters, we have that advantage. We have that advantage because Romans one says that God's invisible attributes are clearly seen through everything that is made. So as hunters, we actually have an advantage over the average guy when we're out there and you watch the sunrise and you just realize like that can't happen without God. And like, but then understanding that God wants a relationship with me and has plans for my life. Like all of a sudden I just want to, I want to lean into that. I want to know more about this God. It's like when you get enamored with a person and you just uh, like for guys, like that time that you first saw your wife or a a girlfriend, like you're enamored with them and you want to chase after them. You desire them. Um, You're not going on dates out of duty or obligation. It's because you really want to know more and and out of that relationship, because it's really a relationship that relationship, all of a sudden, it just changes the whole course of your life. And so to answer your question, my desire for the Lord leads me into usually spending about an hour a day, pretty much regardless of whether I'm hunting or anything else with the Lord, whether that's praying and reading the Bible. Um, there are times, there's a couple of weeks a year usually where I don't have my Bible with me. Um, my Bible's on my phone as well, but there's another thing that I do is that's I, I memorize a lot of scripture. And so mm-hmm. when I don't have the word, it's actually it's actually kind of nice some of those mornings just to spend some time thinking about the scripture that I know in my head mm-hmm. and how does that apply. And that that for me has been my rhythm. I mean, everybody's a little bit different, but I think that those are those are definitely without spending time in God's word and just spending time just being with him and thinking about him and talking to him. It's hard to develop a relationship without talking to somebody. Absolutely. Um, can you think of like any specific lessons like or things that you've learned from your time in the field that have like taught you something about God or um, something specific that, that helped you grow? Yeah. Um, there was... Alaska has always been good for me, uh, because of the quietness. Mm. Uh, so through like mighty men of God all spent time in the wilderness. Even Jesus would withdraw out into the wilderness to get alone with the Lord, Mm -hmm. um, to the father. And so there's something really significant about getting quiet. Uh, and every year, I mean, every time I'm out there, God's teaching me different things. Um, but you know, spending time in Alaska, there's a, there's just a vastness up there and I'm a pilot as well. And so you're oh, nice. flying around and what I said, oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's a good and skill so, to have. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you're flying around and stuff, you see one of the things my brother and I were talking about the other day is just like, we flew from our hometown down to sit in into the salmon river and we're just like flying all over these mountains. I'm like, dude, the rest of my life, I could try and hike up these mountains and I would still never even get a fraction of them. Yeah. And the more country that we get to see as hunters, this is what the Lord, one of the things the Lord's shown me 
because I always had a hard under stand hard time understanding how heaven is going to work. Like, mm. I think the, the, the idea of heaven is we're going to be floating around on a cloud and, you know, like it's going to get boring after a while. But when we look at the universe and the size of the universe compared to just earth, and then we look at earth and the fact that in my lifetime, I could never even explore a portion of it. And earth was created by God. And it's an expression of his creativity. Um, kind of like a painting would be of somebody like this is just a small, even the world is just a small fraction of all that God has for us. Oh, yeah. And in a hundred lifetimes, we couldn't even explore this whole world. And so throughout eternity, we're going to have this ability to just explore the vast reaches of God and all of yeah. his creation. And that's going to be a, that's going to be a significant thing. I mean, and the Bible teaches that we're going to sure. rule and reign with God. There's going to be like serious purpose. And I, I think that being out there has taught me that, that eternal perspective. And it gives me an excitement about moving on to the next phase of life after yeah. we're done here, right? Yeah. Moving on to that next phase of life. Yeah, I always struggle with that too. And um, I've come to believe now that, you know, heaven, as as most people conceive of it, is, is a waiting period until the new creation. And then, like, you know, I believe that we will have uh, physical, like, um, resurrection bodies like Jesus did after he rose from the dead um, sure. and like a physical new earth because creation yep. is good. Right. So like, yeah, I mean, um, you know, walking around or like go scuba diving on the great barrier reef with no tank, um, you know, fly without an airplane, like <laughs> through the wilderness and just like, Oh, there's uh, some Rams down there. Let's go. Phew, and like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like enjoying exactly. creation without li like limitless, real true limitless yeah. outdoors. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's cool, man. But, um, so yeah, what, um, what, uh, you got your moose hunt what other stuff you got lined up for this year? Yeah. So, you know, we've been hunting moose the last, uh, I guess close to six years now. Straight, you've um, killed some moose. bomber moose, man. Yeah, we've, we've killed some serious moose. I love moose hunting. You know what though? I I really think I'm the thing I look forward to is just getting away. There's no cell phones or anything, right? Yeah, and just get so quiet out there. Uh, and that's what I look forward to the most. But yeah, we got we got the moose hunt coming up, and then we come back. I told you I'm a pilot, so we've been. My brother drew a sheep tag down in the salmon this year. Ooh, nice. Um, and so we were just down there. In fact, I almost, I almost canceled our deal today because when we were down, we flew down there last Monday and we hiked 13 and a half miles in oh. and found a hot spring coming out of a cliff. And I was messing around on it and slipped and my face hit about where my feet were standing. Oh, is that what happened to your lip? Yeah, okay. it inside of my mouth was just all messed up, but it just started healing up. It looks like time. you have a cool like little emo lip piercing. Yeah, that's my, that's my deal. I'm kind of like a little goth, you know. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, so anyway, healing up from that, but we went down there, we found the sheep, so. Nice. That's a very cool thing, so we're going to shoot. When's that hunt? Uh, it starts here next week. It starts on the 30th, oh, 30th okay. but we're going to skip for Alaska the first couple weeks of it. Yeah. And then we're leaving a month in there for it, but I doubt it'll take that long. We'll see. Yeah. You know, but, um, yeah. So then we got Colorado. We drew Arizona for coos deer. Nice. This year, rifle. So just some fun stuff. We're going to hunt a lot of elk and got a lot going on for sure. That's cool, man. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to be heading out to Idaho in October. 
Um, and then I'll be hunting coos deer as well, but south of the border. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, um, I did it last year with some guys with a bow. So hard, man. It's like, you have to be a ninja. You do. And then, so my brother and Adam, two of the guys on the team, um, we all went down there last year, archery hunting. And I didn't even buy a tag because I was like, well, if one of you guys gets one, then we'll we'll do that. And so I was walking around with my boy up one of these little arroyos. And I get up on this little ridge and all of a sudden a coos buck, nice little four point comes running right up to us like oh man easy archery range i just grunted at him a couple times and i was the only one who could have shot one and i didn't have a tag oh my goodness that'll <laughs> never happen when you have a bow in your a tag in your pocket ever no no <laughs> so you mentioned your team um now like you guys all have other jobs correct yeah so i'm full-time i'm the only one that's full-time for limitless um and then we bring, but you also shit. pastor a church, right? Yeah, I do. So, I do that yeah. all. Vol- we do, we're an all volunteer church. Um, okay. So yeah, we do that all volunteer. Uh, and yeah, so, and then we bring those guys on. So I bring Shane, Adam and Colton on in the fall for three or four months. Um, we, we pay them enough that they can take off from work and just hunt and get video for a few months. A year. Okay. Well, do you mind if I ask like, about your revenue streams like where where is your revenue streams coming in yeah so um i don't know how much you mess around with youtube but youtube doesn't make a whole lot of money um and it's really hard to make any noise on there these days yeah so one of my convictions early on is we don't want to be selling any products um we want the gospel is our main focus and so we're the sponsors that we have are very much on board with what we do. Um, and so we have a couple of sponsorship deals, um, financially, but it's not, um, it's not a whole lot of money. That's like 15, $20,000 a year for that. You Mm -hmm. know, YouTube usually generates about 12 to $20,000 a year. Um, but we committed to, so we send those first miles out absolutely free. Right. And so those are four bucks a pop. Um, and we send out about 6,000 of those a year. And so we, we decided to make the Limitless Outdoors a nonprofit ministry. It's a 501c3. Um, and so the bulk, of our, the bulk of our revenue stream is just people partnering with us as we advance the gospel. Okay. Um, in churches and then just a lot of individuals. And so that's the, that's the bulk of our revenue stream. We have uh, some merchandise, stuff like that, but it wouldn't be possible without without people working with us. Yeah. So that's how we do it. And we like last year, I think we were, and I shared all this song. We do a kind of an end of the year update um, for transparency, but I think we were like 230,000 last year between all the, between donations and everything else coming okay. in. So the Lord's blessed it. And he gave me a conviction to give everything away for free um, when it comes to the gospel. And so we don't want any cost to the end user. Um, if yeah. I put it in a, in a business terms, we don't want any cost to the end, end user. Yeah. And so a, lot, a lot of people have really bought into that. And, uh, we have a lot of awesome, really awesome partners that are helping us get the gospel cool. out there. I mean, 12 million people last year heard the gospel through our videos. So wow. it's pretty incredible. 
Now is that that's the sum total of your I guess YouTube views? Is that that number's coming from? So or? that's YouTube. Um, we're on Wild TV in Canada and the Pursuit Channel, okay. and uh, we just agreed to a deal with Pure Flix. Oh, nice. Uh, that's a Christian streaming deal. Uh, yeah, I've heard of them. So, yeah, we're, we've been expanding. We've been expanding uh, a lot with our reach. So there's just a lot. There's a lot of little stuff that we're we're into YouTube's part of it. Um, but yeah, it's not, we got some other stuff too. Cool, man. So, so, you know, it just, it goes back to the whole abundant life thing. I mean, God wants us to like, a lot of people might say like, well, what's, what's ministry about hunting. But you know, I believe that like God gave you and me a desire for hunting and outdoors and, you know, I used to have this thing baked into me where it's like, if it's something I want to do, it must not be from God because uh, God yeah. only wants you to sell all your stuff and go, yeah. you know, be a monk or something. Um, but no, God wants wants you to live your into your passions, into your skills and, and stuff like that. Don't you agree? Uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, it's not an accident that you're passionate about the things that you're passionate about. Like you might you might get addicted to some of those things and that's not healthy. And I kind of went through a process where God showed me how I was addicted to hunting. Mm -hmm. Um, and then he just got that straightened out a little bit, but yeah, God, we're told through scripture that he knit us together and formed us in our mother's womb, right? Like he made us with the desires and passions that we have. And the really cool thing is, is like, you don't have to go and wear a three piece suit and become a pastor to be used by the Lord. And that's one of the things that we really love conveying through, our work is like, God will use you as a hunter. He'll use you as a fisherman. He'll use you like whatever your passion is. Um, and, and those passions, those passions are not accidents is what I believe. And yeah. God says, if you delight yourself in him, he will give you the desires of your heart. He means that like, if there's a delight in him, he's going to use you. And the biggest thing though, is breaking that traditional mold. Like you were talking about, um, the whole, if I like it, then it can't be, it can't yeah. be good. That's, that's so far from the truth. And that is just a man that keeps so many people from coming to the Lord because so many people think my life is going to get ruined if I become a Christian and that God doesn't want to take anything from anybody. He says, I came to, he gave his only begotten son. I came to give you life and life abundantly. Right? Like it's all God comes to give and yeah, it's just incredible. Yeah. Incredible. For sure, man. That was a big process for me. Like having to learn that, um, you know, God's a good father. He, like you said, he gave you these passions for a reason. He wants you to be happy and do what you love. He, you know, he, he wants you to, to live an abundant life. So sounds like you guys are doing it. So, I mean, where can people go if they want to see some of your content or get some of your, uh, free resources, uh, for discipleship and that kind of stuff? Yeah. So our website is what we kind of run everything through. So that's, uh, limitlesshunting.com mm-hmm. and yeah we have all of our we have all of our information there on uh, we, you know you can go to youtube for our content obviously we put everything over there um yeah so i mean that that resource to me you know what we didn't want to be is we didn't want to be people that were just counting numbers and you know we preach the gospel and somebody stands up and then they get dropped off. Like that's why we wrote the first mile. We wanted a clear, concise 
resource that would help people like realize how to practically live life with Jesus. Yeah. Like that's so who God is, why, why we need him, how to interact with him, how to grow, how to identify spiritual gifts, things like that. I mean, just like really practical nuts and bolts, like how to pray. What yeah. does it look like to be a godly husband? Um, or yeah, Because so many ministries, like I said, kind of like get you saved. And then it's like, all right, thanks. Now we can put that on our weekly report. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, good I, luck. Just not, we're not interested in that. Like, I don't even, we don't even really count those numbers. I, I know it's in the thousands every year somewhere, but like God knows the heart again. And we can try and count stuff for our own vanity, but we want results. Like, right. because I believe, I know practically, this is not just a hypothetical, practically God changes your life. Mm-hmm. Like practically it happens and it's for the better and not for the worse. And so I want to see people's lives changed, not just like, I don't need the glory. I don't need the, any, like, I want to see your life change. I want to see you living because man, we all know what it's like to just be sucking wind and not looking forward to what's going to happen the next day. Yeah. Um, and with God, it's, it's not that way. And just to see people liberated in the new life that we talked about earlier, he makes all things new. And like the one thing you'll hear me say over and over again on our videos is it doesn't matter what you've done. It matters what you do now. Mm. Like yeah. That reality that your future doesn't have to look like your past. Like we get so locked into that. Like the things that have happened, like you're a, you're addicted to porn. You're always going to be de- addicted to porn. Like life is just this. You're going to always work this dead end job. Like God never says that. He just frees us from that perspective. And it doesn't matter what we've done. He gives us the opportunity to start fresh and new and have a brand new life. And that's a, yeah, I don't know many people that aren't looking for that. Yep. He's always there waiting for you with open arms. Totally. Which is awesome. Um, well, cool, man. It's been really good chatting with you. Um, I appreciate your time again. And, uh, is there anything else you want to say just kind of in closing or anything? Oh man, we've covered a lot of ground. Yeah. Um, I sure do love hunting, I guess. <laughs> Mule deer hunting, especially I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to the season. I just, me too, man. yeah, I guess in closing, it's just, for me, it's, you know, I, I don't know. It's limitless outdoors has very little to do. Like we love hunting for sure. Um, but it really has very little to do with hunting. Like we've all found that we just, we want to see guys get connected and we do that through our passion, um, for hunting. And so, yeah, it's just the great, it, it, you know, you, you just, you can't, you can't replicate what happens when God gets a hold of your life. And so there's just more, there's more to life than these 70 years that we we've got here and our bodies are wearing out in the back country is getting harder and harder. Um, but there's more to that abundant life, eternal life is a life, a quality of life that starts the moment we give our life to Jesus. And Absolutely. So that's and about all I have to say about that. Yeah. I mean, and you know, so many people look to the afterlife and we should, um, but also, like you said, you know, when you're walking with God and having that abundant life, like God wants you to have abundant life on earth also, not just when you die, <laughs> you know, yes. I think there's too much of that in the church now. It's like, oh, life now is just, it doesn't matter. You just suffer and just get through it. And then, then you get to the good stuff. It's like, no, God wants you to live a good life now, like have heaven on earth also. And then, you oh, know, yeah. so yeah. So part of that is inspiring guys to get out and have that adventure and, you know, 
um, and enjoying life and enjoying God. So, yeah, guys, if you want to, you know, see some awesome hunting content, you want to learn more about the gospel, maybe you can get some of those free resources about, you know, how to walk with God. Definitely check out Limitless Outdoors. And, uh, yeah, man, it was great. Great talking to you. Well, thanks for having me, man. Yeah. I appreciate it.